This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. Hey, so it's good to be here. It's, I'm, I'm glad you're here this morning with us. Today, it's all about building God's kingdom. And boy, I wish I could spend a lot more time talking about just that idea of building God's kingdom, but we're going to kind of flesh that out and what it means to do that in Cedar Rapids for Life Church. You notice we have these t-shirts on, say, love the 319, and I hope you catch that. I did notice that somebody did not catch it, actually, in first service. Um, she's an engineering major, and she came up to me. Her, we, her mind is like spinning and, you know, doing all the, you know, math all the time. And she walked up to me, and she said, oh, I thought that was a play off of, I'm not kidding, just what she said. I thought that was a play off of, you know, that the 10%, 90%, those 90% that don't really, uh, you know, attend church on a regular basis, you know, and that if you, do 90, if you do 90% of 362 days or 365 days in a year, it come, it's like 318 point something. And I thought you were talking about praying for the 318 point, oh, I don't know, like, so let's, uh, let's clarify. This is actually the 319 area code. We are not all engineers, and so <laughs> she actually said that to me, by the way. That's what she said, but anyways, it's, um, it's, it's talking about, um, you, you've heard us say this on a regular basis throughout the years, mission is why the church exists, and love is the context of all mission, that right now, Life Church is in this building, in this location, in this space, geographically speaking, we're here because we are on a mission. We're not here taking up space. This is not just a check off, you know, your weekly checklist, you know, I went to church on Sunday kind of thing. This is not about, you know, occupying until one day Jesus comes back. This is really about being on mission. That's why we talk about mission all the time. That's why, in our, and, and it's not just talk. It's reflected in our giving. Do you realize that Life Church gave 36% of its, of its income last year to missions? 36%. We don't, churches don't typically do that. We are, we are a community that totally is sold out about being on mission. So we've said mission is why the church exists. Love is the context of all mission. How do we do mission? Well, we love people. We love them. We say, God, we want, God, help us to, to be a community where we can embrace them and bring them in and where they will see your love. And as they see your love, God, there's this transforming work that begins to happen inside of them. And all of a sudden, they embrace you, Jesus. In my office, I have a little thing. It says, belong, believe, become. It's a sort of a, an, an idea that this is how we philosophically view somebody walking through the church doors. Belong, believe, become. Many churches historically have had this idea, believe, become, then belong. And maybe that's a church that you grew up in. That before you can ever be a part of that community, you had to have the right beliefs. You had to, you had to act a certain way, and then you could belong. Well, we believe that God has it the other way. Jesus invites us on a journey with him, and sometimes we come in, and it's really rough. And some of you know that because I know your stories. You started your journey with Jesus, and it was rough. But as you engage him and as you start living your life for him, man, things start changing and transforming inside of you. And before long, you're, you're in. And so this is our goal is to love people into the kingdom of God. And we're starting with a 319 area code. <clears throat> 
one of the things that we use, language we're using is one church, many campuses. And I know that kind of seems a little bit strange for us, but we're believing that. We're starting with Cedar Rapids, and who knows where else we'll go from there. But you don't decide to launch a campus to launch one campus because you believe that God has something to do all around the world. So you might ask, why, why, why do this, Rich? Why go through all of the effort and the energy and the expense to go to Cedar Rapids and plant another campus? What's the purpose behind that? Why do that? I mean, after all, there's a lot of lost people in Coralville. There's a lot of lost people in Iowa City. I mean, you could just focus in on here. You could spend the rest of your life just focusing in on, on, this, on this part of the world. And yes, it's true. And I'll answer that question, but to start answering that question, I need to t- take you to the beginning, though. You need to understand that here at Life Church, God has done some pretty amazing things over the years. We've been in existence a little over 14 years. <clears throat> and God has just healed. He's, there's been miracles of healing. There's been miracles of restored marriages. There's been miracles of salvation, financial miracles that we've all experienced along the journey. And God is in his business of doing it. See, God wants to do He wants to use you. He wants to work inside of you. He wants to perform his miracles through you and in you. That's what he wants. And we simply say, God, here we are. We're willing. Use us. This all started, Life Church all started when I was sitting in a parking lot in Huntington Beach, California. You've heard me tell this story before, and some of you are going to be repetitive. Others of you haven't heard it. But I was sitting in a parking lot in Huntington Beach, California, watching my, my youngest son play. He was playing Pop Warner football at that time, and um, he was in practice. And I'm sitting there in, in, my, in, my, in my truck, and I get a phone call, and it's on the other, side of, on the other line, side of the line was this guy named Glenn Reynolds, a pastor in Des Moines, Iowa. And he said, hey, Pastor, pastor Green, that's how you refer to me, Pastor Green. Hey, Pastor Green, um, we received your application, and we want to see if we can do an interview over the phone. Now, there's a lot, lot that I could say about that phone call alone that I, I was not expecting it. There was some breakdown of communication, uh, you know, a lot of things there. But uh, I was not expecting the phone call. <clears throat> Nonetheless, they talked. I've got... Richard Arrowood and Ray Corlew on the line with me, and we want to kind of do a little interview over the phone and, and, and invite you to come to Iowa City to plant a church. And I have to be honest with you, at that time, I'm in my 40s, and I'm thinking, I, planning a, church planting is hard. And I've got teenage sons, and I don't know if I really want to do that. And so I was kind of pushing it off, but I prayed about it and felt like, Really quickly, like this is really what the Lord wanted us to do, and the Holy Spirit was leading us into this, and so we said yes, and so we launched services in the Corville Rec Center, just right down the street here, um, uh, in in November of 2005. That was a mistake. I'll t- tell you that story later, but those were some hard days. <clears throat> hard day. No, it wasn't a mistake to launch a church. It was a mistake to launch it in November of 2005. But, anyways, those were some really hard days for us because it was, you know, set up, tear down, and and we would have to carry everything that was that belonged to church, carry it to the rec center, set it all up, put signs up, kind of like what Hilltop Church is doing, you know, put it all up, and and then take it all down. And we did that for we did that every single Sunday. Rain, snow, sunshine, whatever. We did it all the time for four years. After four years, we had about 90 people in attendance at Life Church. It was slow growth, but it was a great group of people. 
God-loving people that just had a heart for mission. And what God was doing, he was forging inside of that group of 90 this passion for mission. In 2009, after some Holy Spirit promptings, we kind of took this risk of faith to, to leave the whole set-up, tear-down situation and try to rent our own space, which, just so you know, it just costs a whole lot more to do that. And uh, so we, we decided that we wanted to no longer set up and tear down, that we wanted to start, just have a building and, you know, just show up on Sunday and, and worship team lead worship and Rich preach, you know, and whatever, you know. We just wanted to get to that. And, it, you know, God spoke to me very specifically about this. I remember this was March of 2009. I stood up in front of our congregation. There was about 55 people there. And I, I shared this vision with them of what I felt like God was telling me to do. Keep in mind, let me just say this again. It was 55 people, okay. We didn't have a lot of money in the bank. We, actually, we had, like, no money in the bank, all right, I was the only staff, very, you know, half-paid half staff person. So we didn't have staff, we didn't have a lot of things. <clears throat> but God spoke to me and said, okay, I want you to step out in faith, I want you to do what I'm calling you to do, and here's three things. Number one, you have to double your, your missions giving this year. You have to commit to do that. And so I said, okay, Lord, I, I don't know how, but we'll try to do that. Number two... If you do that, you will be in your own building within 12 months, your 24-7 building within 12 months. I'm like, yes, Lord, that's what we want. And then the Lord went on to say, and if you continue, and if you do what I'm telling you to do, you will, you will double in attendance every year for the next three years. Now, I said that to this group of 55 people, and after I finished, I went home, I said, what did I just, because I told them within 12 months, like, what did I just do? I should have just left it open-ended, like, if it doesn't work out, at least, at least, you know, hey, that was a good vision, Rich, you know, one day it'll happen. You know, I set myself up so that 12 months from now, they could say, hey, what, did you, did you really hear from God? Is this really what you're supposed to be doing? But it was pretty awesome. Uh, we, in 2010, January 2010, we had our very first service in our new building at the bread store in North Liberty. We had about 100 people in attendance. It was really cool to see it. By September of that year, by September of that year, we had to go to two services and we were growing so fast. By March of 2013, we had to go to three services. It was, it was crazy. The old bread store was crazy. We had 39 parking spaces in the whole building. I mean, around that building. 39 parking spaces. And those are, that was counting the ones along the street that was, you know, next to the building. 39 parking spaces. So, so like, if you were coming to Life Church and, you, and, and we saw you, like, we talked maybe a couple times. I might have seen you there for a couple of months. I would have said to you, hey, you know what? You're a regular now. You, uh, you need to park in the bank over there across the street. Like, you need to, you got to save parking spaces for the newcomers, you know. We, that's how crowded it was in this place. In 2014, we began to feel like God was just calling us to do more and to go beyond. And by this time, we had a regular attendance of over 400 people. God was really moving. Lives were being changed. Young people were being called into ministry. We would, uh, we would uh, ask a church down the road to borrow their baptismal tank on, like on a regular basis just to be baptizing people in church. It was, it was pretty cool. In, four, in 2014, our board of trustees and our leaders made this decision that we needed to, to move to a larger location. And that's when we found, and there's a, 
again, a series of miracles that made this happen, and God, and God prompted things. I mean, God spoke to me. I was sitting in a meeting. We didn't know where. We were trying to figure out where. We were trying to figure out what we could find that was affordable. And I was sitting in a meeting in McDonald's, of all places, in North Liberty, <clears throat> talking to somebody. My wife was there, and I said, you know, McGregor's Furniture, they have a, a lot of space, and I don't see a whole lot of cars parked there. I wonder if they're willing to give up some of their space. That was just a thought that crossed my head. And so I, uh, like, didn't skip a beat. On Monday, I showed up here, and I walked in. I knew that I had known the manager from, from before. So I walked up to the manager. I said, hey, uh, Scott, our... what's your plan? What's McGregor's plan? He says, hey, man, it's so good to see you. I was just talking about you. I'm not kidding. This happened. There's some witnesses. I'm sitting in, in, in McGregor's right across. He said, I w- we were just talking about it. I wanted to call you and find out if you guys were, would be willing to rent some space from us. God is with us. God is moving. And so in 2014, we made the decision we're, we're going we're gonna to move to, to Corville. And we had our first service November of 2015 in this building. And you've seen it. Some of you who have been with us in this journey, you've seen us go from just a handful of people to, to over, over a thousand people on, on, a, on, an Easter, on a Christmas Eve service. There's like over 1,500 people that call Life Church their home church. <clears throat> this is what you need to understand. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here if people wouldn't have said, heard God say, this is what I want you to do. And we would have said, yes, Lord, okay, we're going to step out and do what you're calling us to do. We wouldn't be here. It wouldn't have never happened. It's being responsive to the Holy Spirit, saying, yes, Holy Spirit, we're going to do exactly what you call us to do. So the question again for us is why one church and many campuses? Why why take risks like that? There's a story that I want to just share with you very briefly in the Bible. You know the story. You know the story of Moses and the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. You remember that story where they crossed the Red Sea and they, and they came to the edge of the promised land? I mean, there's a million plus people. It, it would have only taken them a couple of weeks to get to the promised land. They come to the edge of the promised land and it, God says, it's yours. I'm going to give it to you. But fear steps in and they step away. And next thing you know, they wander in the desert for 40 years. In fact, Brother Chris came up to me uh, right before service and he said, he, said, um, he said, God's been giving me a word, and it was very similar to this, you know, that there are things that God's calling us to do, and oftentimes we shrink back, and when we shrink back, we miss out on the blessings of God, and this is exactly what we see in this story. Thanks, Brother Chris, for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That, but what specifically he, God spoke to him was that this wasn't a word for, for Pastor Rich or for some other brother, but really this is a word for us, this community. God's calling all of us in this community, to step out in faith and believe him and trust him. So I don't know if you realize this, but they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And they wandered in the desert because God told them to do something, and they did not. They operated in fear. And you understand that. There are some of you in this room that you've not stepped out in faith for one reason or another. Maybe it was to ask her out, and you were just afraid you're going to be rejected. Or there might be some of you in this room that God has called you into the ministry, but you never said yes because you were afraid it wasn't going to work out. Others of you, maybe it's, 
You haven't started giving or tithing because you're afraid you're just going to do without. I mean, this list can go on. We come to the edge of stepping out in faith and we don't. And that's exactly what happened with the children. They came to the edge of stepping out in faith and they didn't. And so plan B went into action. You know what plan B is? It's the ordinary life. It's the life of going around in circles. It's the mundane. It's the predictable. It's the stuff that's within my control. And too many of us opt for the ordinary life. It's just easy. It's predictable. God's not calling us to that. So after this wandering, you see there's this new leader, Joshua. And God speaks to Joshua very specifically, and this is what he tells him. Therefore... In Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 6, Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, after Moses has died, to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. And you notice here, he goes, I will not, I will not fail you or abandon you. Notice that God is giving Joshua a promise. He said, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is what I'm calling you to. This is what, how you can count on my presence. But he feels the need to add this little piece to it. Be strong and courageous. God knows human nature. That even though we know God is with us, sometimes it takes courage to step out in faith. I love the song that we sang uh, that Josh was leading us in about bravery. Sometimes it takes bravery. Say, hey, God, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm going to step out. I'm going to trust you. And it's precisely what we see here with Joshua and the children of Israel. He's given them the city of Jericho. To get there, he has to cross the Jordan River. Every time God leads us, there's some very things, some very key things in, our, in the leading of God in our life that I want you to be, to be mindful of. The first one is this, is that there are the things that we know, there are the absolutes. Things that you know, God is with you. Let's say that together. God is with me. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. God is with me. I think sometimes we believe that. But that's a fact. God is with you. By now, many of you know how God has been with us. We've seen miracles after miracles after miracles here at Life Church. We know that God is with us. We know that God must be first in our lives, not just personally, but corporately. God is first for Life Church as well. And we know that this journey of faith is going to require risk, so there will be risk. Those are the things that we know. There's going to be risk. We know that God must be first. We know that God is with us. But every time you're being led by God, led by the Holy Spirit, you also know that there is ambiguity. Those are the things that we do not know. Like I told our church in 2009, in 12 months, we're going to be in our own space, praise God. In faith, hallelujah, <laughs> kind of thing. And, and I went home, and I'm like, okay, so where are we going to meet? <laughs> like, I'd had no clue. 
We had been looking, and most, most places were like, yeah, you're your church. We don't want to rent to you. Or we'd find a place that would, they were glad to rent to us, but then we realized it was going to be like $20,000 a month, and we couldn't afford it. And so it was this, this di- dilemma that we were in. There was this ambiguity about certain things and direction and, and knowing that God was calling. Here's the deal. We, it's always that way. When you step out in faith, there's always going to be the ambiguity about what's ahead. And if you let ambiguity drive you, what's going to happen is you're going to step back. You're not going to take the step. You're not going to follow God in faith. These children of Israel, they stepped out. There was ambiguity, but they still stepped out. They put that foot into the Jordan River, and it it parted. And then there's action. I love this. Sometimes the action that God requires of us is like that, to put our foot in the Jordan River. It's at flood stage. God's already said, you're going to be on the other side. You're going to take that city. Now, what we like to hear, here's what we like to hear. It's like God says, okay, Israelites, I'm going to give you Jericho. And you're going to cross the Jordan River, and it's flooded, I know, but here's the deal. Here's this, like, tomahawk missile that's going to knock down the walls. You don't have to worry about that. The walls are going to come down for Jericho. And I've already got this dam being built, you know, so by the time you get to the Jordan River, it's going to be, you know, dry. You're going to be able to cross over. That's oftentimes the guidance that we like from the Lord, that he gives us everything. But too often, most often, when he calls you out of faith, it requires you to walk up to a river that's flooded, knowing that you have to get on the other side, and it's still flooded, and it requires you to put your foot in and take that first step. That's how God guides us. That's how God leads us. And you know the story. The river parted. They crossed. They got to Jericho. They marched around the city seven times. The walls came down. But it started with this action. God's calling you and I into action. There's a lot that God wants to do through Life Church. He's done a lot here, and I'm just totally believing that he's going to do more even in Cedar Rapids. I got a story of a young man. We've been all called to action. There's a story of a young man I want you to hear. His name is Tito. Check it out. When I was two, my dad left us. And soon after that, my mom left to work um, out of the country. And from the time when I was three years old to I was 14, I was living with my grandparents. During that time as well, as young, it, it traumatized me. I also left this deep longing for my dad. And during that time, I experienced uh, sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse emotional abuse, Um, and then when I was 14, I I moved to Iowa with my two older siblings. When I was 18, I couldn't wait to move out of my parents because abuse was still going on. And um, I met a woman who was 14 years older than me. And soon after that, she got pregnant with my uh, oldest, Tiana. After she was born, I felt like it got really worse. I got really uh, aggressive. I got really violent. And then after three years of having my daughter, I realized that I needed to try my best to give her a better future. So I decided to go to school. Uh, During that time, I met Andrea. And in 2013, uh, 
Andrew uh, and I started attending Life Church. Andrea regularly would drag me to church, um, and and that's how I met Pastor Rich uh, for the first time. And even though I didn't like going in there, every time Pastor Rich spoke, I felt as if he was reading my mail. <laughs> So in 2015, I decided to get baptized, but it was obvious that I was still living um, a different life. I still was involved with drinking, smoking, and using drugs, and at a point where I actually became very angry and violent, my addiction grew after my baptism in 2015. And at that point, I was like, there's no turning back. In, in about 2017, um, I had moments where I would fall down on my knees asking God, if, you're, if you exist, step into my life. Step into my life if you're there. In March in 2018, um, I was listening on my headphones, on a local radio. I remember crying, bawling. I remember um, saying to myself, God, if you exist, give me a sign. So this voice came uh, from the radio station I was listening to. And this guy said, if you need a prayer, call right now. Call right now, I will pray for you. And I started bawling. I started bawling because that was within instant after I had just asked for, for God, if you're real, um, show me a sign. And so I started to talk again and say, God, if this is you talking to me, give me a sign. And, and then the guy again said, I am for real. I will pray for you right now. <laughs> and so this guy came um, on the other line and says, um, what can I do for you? And, um, and I started to tell my stories and it's about two years that I haven't gone to church. You know, it's been two years I haven't gone to church. It's been two years that I've uh, ignored everybody except for Andrea. By the end of that conversation, he asked me if, if I go to church to be honest, I, I was kind of embarrassed to tell him, but I said I did, but I haven't been attending. And he said, do you know the pastor? And I said, I do. And um, he said, I would highly recommend you to call him. After I hung up the phone, I called Pastor Rich. From that point on, I believe God began to uh, provide me refuge refuge into only hearing what he was saying to me through other people. I believe that God began to empty all of the desires that I had my whole life, what I thought I needed. Now this empty house began to fill in with his word. And I believe that's when the scripture said that in John, in John 8, it says, whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. 
Amen. I'll uh, never forget that phone call, Tito, and um, meeting him at the Chinese restaurant right here. I hope you don't mind me saying this, Tito, but he was that skinny. He was so skinny, addicted, praying for him at the restaurant, and then seeing God start a work of transformation in his life. Guys, that's what we want more than anything else. We live in a world that is lost and disconnected and needs Jesus. And if the church can't offer hope, then who will? Amen? Amen. I have with you, I have with us today, with me today, sorry, is uh, Jeff McCoy. You don't know Jeff. Jeff actually serves on our board. He's one of our board of trustees here at Life Church. He's also been in ministry, and he's been driving from Marion to Life Church for the last seven and a half, eight years, something like that. Nine years. Um, and then I don't know who this guy is. I, I, I think I was supposed to wear a hat today. Maybe that's the problem. We, did, we just didn't tell you. <laughs> just, they left me out. But I think I've, I've got the upper hand because they're hiding something I'm not. No. Nah. It's <laughs> not very nice. It's <laughs> not very nice. I know. I know. All right. Well, um, Jairus. Yeah. Why are we here right now, man? Yeah, What's man. going well, on? Well, this morning, uh, we just, we're, we're pretty excited. Um, we've been talking about Life Church Cedar Rapids for a little while now, um, and it's been a dream that's been uh, in, in mine and Abby's heart for a while as we've been praying about this and looking at this, and then you know, we've been having conversations about what that would look like, and um, I think that the, that picture, that thought of seeing a campus of Life Church in Cedar Rapids is just like... It's the heartbeat of all of this, right? Love the 319. It's like, we've got to move. We, get, we, we cannot sit idly by with lost people. Right. And so we just were pumped to talk about Amen. that a little bit. Amen. And then we've got Jeff. Like I, Jeff, I mean, you, Jeff's been driving from Cedar Rapids for nine years now. I mean, why in the world would you do that, dude? Well, what you don't so. know is that when we started coming to Life Church, we had fairly new vehicles. And since then, <laughs> they're all burnt out. And our family actually walks to Life Church from Cedar Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> which is tough, but we're committed. So, no, we, our family, um, we've, we've been involved in, in lots of ministries throughout the years, and um, I was in full-time ministry uh, in Cedar Rapids and part-time ministry, and then we, our family moved to Dubuque, Iowa, um, for about three, three and a half years. And uh, we were really familiar with how important it is to be involved in a church. We preached that, you know, getting get connected, be a part of small groups, and um, make it your home, you know. And um, so when we moved to Dubuque, we, we, uh, after a season of ministry there, we felt called to come back to Cedar Rapids, which we were excited about. But uh, we knew we needed to get plugged back into a community in Cedar Rapids. And uh, we just we went back to the church that we were from. And, um, and we went to churches where we had really close connections with really good friends, dear, dear friends. And we just didn't feel like it was where we belonged. We just didn't feel that resonation, you know, this is where, this is where our home is, and, which was real strange. So we tried home church for a while, um, which, you know, there's no place like home. It should feel like, you know, this is it. This is where we should be. But that felt, you know, over time that felt kind of weird. And um, so we knew that there, there needed to be a, a community out there somewhere. And so um, I was out of town one weekend, and my wife uh, came with some friends to Life Church um, when it was in the, in the bread shop in North Liberty. And um, she called me on the phone, and she said, I, I think I found the place that we've been looking for. And it just really, it really fit. It really connected. So I started coming, and, um, and the rest is history. Amen. Amen. Jeff's actually been a, an incredible friend to me over the, over the years. 
um, we, we, got, we would get together on a regular basis just to kind of just share our hearts with each other, you know, and I really have grown to appreciate Jeff's, his, just his sincere faith and his sincere passion for Jesus. It's just there. Their family's amazing. And I remember at that McDonald's up in, at, by the airport that I, when they kind of dropped the question, I said, hey, man, what do you think about a Cedar Rapids campus and you being involved in a Cedar Rapids campus? That was like eight years yeah. ago that we, we started talking about this, yeah. yeah. Amen. Well, I think that Jeff even like touches on some things I think a lot of us have experienced uh, coming to Life Church. I mean, my wife and I moved here three years ago, and um, we were coming here and and feel, feeling something something different, something significant that really felt like home. And and when you look at the values of, of Life Church, I think that was for us what maybe put to language some of the things that we'd experienced, like we like the idea of, of it being a connected community, the idea of that every person is valuable. Even even as you know, you hear sometimes as, as we'll talk about that tension between you know biblical truth and God's love that. that we kind of like that's how Jesus lived his life and that's how we want to walk as well as a church but I think one of the things that we immediately were caught off guard by was was the authenticity right the how real it felt how I spent my whole life looking for for something real right and I I found that in a, in a relationship with Jesus I found that in, in, in my wife who's one of the most real people I know and, and I found that as we came to life church and, it, and discovered what it what it looked like in the context of a local church to find that real authentic home yeah amen yeah. amen yeah, something that we've really strived for. Have, it, was, it was something that we wanted more than anything else. Yeah. And it came out of some circumstances when we were in California of, of the, internally for me, just this real challenge of uh, this question kept going through my head. If this is as good as church is going to get, then God, I want to do something different on my on Sundays, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I like the dirt bike. I'd rather do that on a weekend than, than, than go to church if this was as good yeah. as it was going to get. And so one of the values behind this was that we wanted church to be a place where you can be where it can be real where people can live their lives out openly and and authentically and and you know and then we can engage each other at that level as well that we we're not just you know what you see is what you get okay that doesn't mean that we're satisfied with that we have a little saying around come just as you are but don't stay that way okay don't it if you're in bad shape, you're welcome here. But we don't want you to stay in bad shape for the rest of your life. We want you to grow. We want you to experience Jesus Christ and your life be changed and transformed. And that's really the thing that we've really worked hard at here at Life Church. And I think that God is really is doing that in our midst. We're seeing it. We're experiencing it. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about Cedar Rapids. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've been talking about this for for the last you know few months or, or so. But um, you know, so our plan right now is that we're we're actually going to be launching Life Church Cedar Rapids this fall, the fall of 2020. You even saw it in the video, um, and we're like, we're pumped about it. But you know what, when, when you think about how, how do we carry that, that, that same idea of like what Life Church is and that authenticity, I think that you got to kind of look even to as, as you walked in what you experienced today. I think when you walk in and, and you're greeted by, somebody opens the door for you and greets you, uh, I think something significant happens when, when they do that. I think that, you know, you, you look at the hospitality team, you look at the donuts that they've provided and the coffee that, that's already as you walk in. Uh, I mean, if you got kids, you, you, you know what it means to walk back into Life Kids and, and see how, how amazing it is back there. I mean, they say it's the best place to be on a Sunday morning, but they're not lying. Like, it's amazing back there. And you walk into to, to service and you experience the worship that the team does a phenomenal job of saying, hey, we want to create an atmosphere where people can step into a life-giving relationship with Jesus. We want to create an atmosphere where the, where the presence of God is, is tangible. And so when we look at Life Church Cedar Rapids and we say, hey, we're going to launch a church, um, launch a campus, that those are the things that, 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 that it has, right? That it, we have the same thing that 
people will greet you as you come on in and that there'll be hospitality and donuts and coffee and, and that the same thing that our, our, our life kids is so important and so valuable to us that as we're, as we're raising and teaching the next generation about a relationship with Jesus, that, that that's also what, we're, we're, what we have, to have worship a worship team there in Cedar Rapids there leading and, and creating that same atmosphere. And then for us, what we've decided as, as we've said, hey, we want to be one church in many locations, is that um, we, we're going to launch with, uh, with simulcasting the message. It's something that we've talked about, and you see a lot of church trends talk about this, but for us, this is kind of what, what it's meant, that we said that we'll have all, everything just like we would here, but then when it comes to the message that we would be, be streaming the video in, and for us, there's something very unique that happens when we're all united in heart, right? When we all hear the same message and we respond with the same action, I think something unifying happens with us as a church, and for us, we're one church in two locations is what's happening, and so there, there's a unity that happens in that as well as that we're, we're doing this together, and so for us, that was something that that was a staple that we were still going to listen to the same message that you would be preaching on a Sunday morning right. in Cedar Rapids. Right. So there's challenges to that, you know. Oh, that, for sure. That oftentimes that's viewed, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, you're, it's viewed with, with, with some reservation, you know. And, and, uh, and, but, but, but to the heart of what you're saying, though, is that there is this uh, unity that's found when, when the vision is coming from one, one source. And not, not, that source is not necessarily me, but I, I am the pastor of this church, but it's the vision is from one source, and there's uniformity in what the churches are doing on both yeah. sides, you know. Absolutely. But, but, yeah, simulcasts can be challenging. Jeff, you've experienced it, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I met a really cool guy uh, who just started coming to our church like two weeks ago, and he came from Kansas City, and, uh, and his church was, was a larger church, and they had multiple sites. They did multi-site there. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, it's really cool, you know. And uh, he, he had the same sentiment as I did. Uh, when I first went to a church that had a simulcast, it was in California, big church, lots of locations. And I thought, well, this is, my cousin lives out there. And I thought, well, we'll go to church with my cousin. This will be really interesting to see how they do this. You know, we were used to church where the, you know, where you were there in person, you know, this preacher was up front and I thought this is going to be strange, like watching a movie or something, you know, and we showed up and it was like, community. They had a campus pastor there who was just very connected with the people there. They had community things happening. You could tell they had small groups, um, lots of connection. And then they had live worship at the service, um, which was cool. And then, and then it was like everybody's sitting there waiting and they turned on the screen and then the pastor started preaching from their main, from their main campus. And it, was, it took me all of about 30 seconds to get over the fact that I was watching a screen and all of a sudden it was like I might as well have been there at the main campus, yeah. which is cool. And that's what the, the gentleman from Kansas City was saying. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just, yeah. uh, just takes I, a I second. I think that that's true, especially in a culture these days where many of us are used to looking at screens anyways, right, in our everyday life. Especially if you come into an auditorium this size and, you, and uh, you're at maybe a movie theater or whatever, there's obviously something on the screen and there's, a, there's an understanding of that. So tell us a little bit about how, how this is going to work. Yeah, Cedar so, Rapids. I mean, like I said, we're <laughs> launching this fall. Um, and so with, with that, I mean, we, we got the core team, some of the core team right back there in the back. Come on, make some noise, guys, you guys back there. They are, they are the best. Um, they have already kind of been paving the way, kind of preparing the way for, for, for this to happen later this year. Um, but one of the things that, that we're looking at is we're saying, hey, um, 
for those of you that, that maybe live in the area, right, that are, that are in the Cedar Rapids area or, or you're uh, from, from around there, or you think that this is something you feel like God is maybe even speaking to you about, hey, being a part of something like this, what, what we would say is this, is that as we prepare for that launch, that, that we're just, we, we have, they'll be out in the lobby actually as you exit service with these cards. And um, these cards are, are not saying, hey, I'm signed up because I'm going to go to that campus. But the, sign, the cards are saying, hey, yes, I'm interested in learning more about the launch of Life Church Cedar Rapids. Uh, and I think what's important for, for me and as I've been understanding this is that we as a church are, are moving, right? We as a church are going and, and we're going to see lost people come to know Jesus. And so uh, maybe this morning you're here and say, hey, I, I'm, I'm interested in being a part of the campus or maybe even I'm not sure yet, but I just like to kind of be in the loop as we head forward. Uh, I would say, hey, fill out one of those cards and then they'll, they'll probably be giving you these as well that we're, uh, we're having connection events in the city. For, for instance, this Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, um, we're going to have our first connection event at the Cedar Rapids Public Library for a, fun, a family fun night. Um, and what these are is an amazing opportunity to begin to say, hey, we're, we're going to start growing together as a team. We're going to start growing together in, in the community um, so that we can see, re- really what we believe is we're going to see 200 people launch yeah. this campus, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's, we don't take that lightly. And we don't, and I, it was just kind of, just as you were talking this morning, like I say that number, it's like, oh, did I say that out loud? Um, but no, that's what we believe because we believe that we're, we're launching something that, that God is, is going to be moving in this. And so we're preparing with, with people now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So let's do this. Let's all stand. We're going to kind of bring this to a conclusion, and um, our band's going to lead us, but here's some things. Takeaways is prayer. Um, We don't have, for example, we don't have a venue yet of where we're going to be meeting, and so we're just asking for you to pray as a church, as a community. Remember, we're one church, two locations at this point, and so we're asking you to pray that God will provide for Life Church in Cedar Rapids a place to meet. We, we had a, a place lined up that we were talking, talking about, and, uh, and we got a hard no because of a conflict of events that they had in their venue. And so we're looking at other spots as well, but we just need some open doors there. If you know people, maybe you know, maybe there's somebody in here in Life Church. You're like, yeah, I know people that can help us find a good spot in Cedar Rapids. I'd encourage you to to talk to the team. Let us know. We'd love to 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 make those connections as well. As Jarris said, one of the things that we are hopeful for and believing God for is that we're going to launch Life Church Cedar Rapids with 200 people on the launch team. And that's if that happens, it's amazing. Statistically speaking. Um, if you launch with over 150, is it? If you launch with over 150, uh, a, a satellite campus or a, a uh, another campus, statistically speaking, that you can expect to grow 100% after one year. So, wouldn't it be awesome a year from from launch date for us to get up and say, "Yeah, Cedar Rapids campus is blowing and going. They're over 400, over 500 in attendance now. That God is reaching people in Cedar Rapids. That would be so awesome." So that's one of our prayers. Okay, now to answer the question, why? Well, because we have no choice. The Bible doesn't give us an option. If we see lost people. We can't say, oh, I'm not going to do anything about it. We don't have an option. We must do it. There's those those verses, those passages of compulsion that you find, one where Jesus says, I must go into other towns and preach the gospel. I must, he says. The apostle Paul, when he gets the Macedonian vision, he says, I must go into Macedonia. I must go to Rome. There's this compulsion, this thing, I must do. We do not have an option. And the day life church says, you know what, we see lost people, but it's not our business anymore. I probably won't be the pastor of that church anymore. So, 
while I'm here, I'm challenging you and I'm encouraging all of us to go for it. Amen? To start praying and believing God for Cedar Rapids and for, the, for, that, for that campus to just explode. To, to start ourselves being missional, right? Reaching those and our neighbors around us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing in this place and in this community, Father. We're inviting you, Lord, into our lives. We're inviting you, God, into a place where we trust you and that we're willing to take that first step, to take that action point into the ambiguity, into the stuff that we're not certain about, Lord God, knowing that you are with us. You are with us. In the same way that you've done it before in our history in the last 14 years, God, you're going to do it again in our midst in Cedar Rapids.